John 12 is um, the text that reads like, like this, follow me along. Next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Verse 14, then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it, as it is written in uh, Zechariah 99, fear not, daughters of Zion. Behold, your king is doing what? He's coming. And he's sitting on a donkey's colt. This is a new donkey, by the way, and one that's never been ridden by anybody. His disciples did not understand these things at first. I call this sermon, repeat it with me, please say, riding to a new generation. This is a very famous text. It's movies have been made about it. Stories have been told about it. It's that great story of Jesus prior to being crucified this coming Friday on Good Friday and that whole challenging week of beatings and all the things that you've seen movies about and read about in Scripture. Start with this great event, this incredible moment when Jesus rides in on a, on a cult he told the disciples to go get this particular uh, mule, and he was going to ride in on it. And um, it was one that had never been ridden before. And there's a whole story behind that, which we're not going to go through, but how he came to the mule and all that stuff. And, but the point I wanted to focus on was the fact that this is a um, tremendous moment, because in most people's mind, it is the moment people honored Christ. It's, it, we see it as this great moment. One moment they loved him, next moment they wanted to crucify him. And then we've often heard analogies, well, you know, people praise you one minute and want to kill you the next, right? But in reality, that's not quite what's happening. It is to a degree, it can seem that way on the surface. But on this mule, a man is riding who knows the behind the scenes. His goal in riding on this mule is to touch a new generation of people, a generation that was hungry for God, a generation that wanted change. And in riding on this mule, he had one thing in mind, the most important thing in mind. He wasn't where the guys were with the palm branches. They were in one place in their mind. He was in another. You can relate to that. Some of you are in church, but you're also someplace else. <laughs> Your mind kind of goes in and out. And if I get boring, you'll go out more than in. <laughs> He's writing and thinking about one thing. The most important thing in his life at that moment. He understood, despite all the attention and all the singing and all the praises, what was really going on. And that brings me to my big question for you today. Repeat it with me, please. Say, what is, what is the most important thing, most important thing in, my life in my life right now? Right now, what is the most important thing in my life? You're in the car with me riding down the street, and I am uh, driving you in my car, and I'm texting and driving and eating a sandwich. 
and combing my hair. <laughs> you said, Pastor Rick, that's not the most important thing. You can, don't comb your hair, don't eat the sandwich, and don't text. Drive. See how clear you are about the most important thing right now? In this story, there are two answers to this question. One is the people and then Jesus. Now, to the people with the palm branches, it was being saved from the Romans. When they cried Hosanna, they were not talking about salvation or coming to know God. They were saying, we want to be delivered from this oppression. The verse quoted that was from Zechariah 9 is all about deliverance. A king is coming. Notice that term. They, they saw a king coming. That's, that was the focus. The Romans are going to, going to be smashed. This guy who can raise the dead can surely kill people. And in John 12, where Lazarus is highlighted, you'll see that in a moment, a lot of them came to see this guy who was raised from the dead, this miracle-working guy. <clears throat> so they are droves of people who are impressed. So to the people with the palm branch that was being saved from the Romans, if he could just work that kind of miracle. And you'll see this if you read the New Testament. In the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 6, there is this uh, statement. When Jesus got ready to leave, they said, Are you about to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this the time that, that, again, was not about salvation and coming to Christ and being born again? They didn't understand any of that concept. They thought that the big deal was political power establishing the nation of Israel. That was their priority. To Jesus, though, riding on the mule had a different vision. Or imagine, he's riding on the mule. The guys with the palm branches have one thing in their mind. He has something else. They thought about political power. To Jesus, it was about getting them to see and come out of darkness, John 12, 46. Look what it says. It says, I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide where? In darkness. John 12, 46. It's all about getting you to see. That's what's on his mind. They think about political power. He thinks about getting them to see. They think about authority. That's not where he is. Here's a question. Are you focused on the one thing that really matters at this season in your life? In this season of Jesus' life, riding on the mule with all the attention, he is clear. This season is about that, not about what they're saying. I will not be distracted by what they say. I'm clear about what I say. As young people grow up, one of the hardest things for them to do, in middle school in particular, is to say, this is the most important thing in my life right now. When you fall in love with the right guy, it's so hard to say this is not the most important thing in my life right now. This is not the most important thing in my life. I should not risk my job, my health, my future, my finances for a few minutes with a person. That is not the most important thing in my life. But if you're not careful, you'll think it is. You'll get on the mule in your life, and you'll always get off and on and off and on and off and on. You'll not stay focused. I'm impressed by it. <coughs> Excuse me. Things people around Jesus were focused on. As I said, some people wanted to see Lazarus, and some wanted to kill Lazarus. Look at this, John 12, 9, amazing. Remember now, 
people at the palm branches, right? People around Jesus. See, he's on the mule riding. Notice what was going on. What I, and I call this the behind-the-scenes attitudes and atmospheres. Say that with me, please. Come on. The behind-the-scenes attitudes and atmospheres. Okay, before we read this now, I come to your house, right? I come to your house. I'm with your family, right? Okay, I'm visiting your house, let's say, today. And all your family's gathered, cousins, uncles, and everybody. And when they see me, they say, oh, Pastor Rick. And you go, what you going to say? What are you going to say? What are you about to say? Don't ask. What are you about to ask him? Now, see, you know the behind-the-scenes attitudes and atmospheres. Say amen if you're hearing me. I don't know. I don't know these people. But you know behind that little wicked smile, there's something coming. (laughs) Jesus knew these people, grew up around these people. He's not surprised by these palm branches. He knows he's seen this kind of excitement before. And so his response is pretty profound because he knows. Look, look, Look at the behind the scenes. This is John 12, 9, St. John 12 and 9. Now, as a great multi- now a great multi- many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only. Read that with me, please. What? Not for Jesus' sake only. They didn't come for Jesus only, but that they might also see Lazarus. Like a circus show. Hey, there's this guy rose from the dead. Let's go save him. You're kidding. No, he's in town. Whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 10, the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death. Now, what, where does that come from? Okay, so behind the palm branches, behind all this excitement, behind all this, Jesus is riding on a mule, and these are the people he's passing by. Because on account of him, verse 11, here's why they wanted to kill Lazarus, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Okay, we got to kill that guy. He's up here testifying, I was dead in the grace, thinking, and then Jesus said, let Lazarus come forth. You know, if he gives one more testimony like that, we're going to kill him. <laughs> Notice with me, this was all about influence, the loss of influence. John chapter 12, verse 19. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, you see that you, you're accomplishing nothing. And this is kind of a private conversation they're having among themselves. It's like, we're, we're getting nowhere, guys. We're getting nowhere. Look what he says. He says, the world has gone after him. Everybody is becoming a Christian. He's wrecking our ministry here. God is moving, and we need to kill him. In this spiritual, this is great. These are the spiritual leaders. We're going to kill him. Still in my members, we're going to kill him. You just, you just put on a pause and say, is this really that important? Is it really the most important thing in the world that you have a larger congregation? A larger following? So much so that you'd kill the guy who was already raised from the dead? I'd be kind of scared of it, me. You know what I mean? Just, sorry, maybe you can do it again. I don't know. There's something about this moment that doesn't, doesn't sound right. Maybe in your life, too. Are you distracted? Are you really off your vision for life? Because you're worried about things that really don't matter. It's amazing. You want to pause and say, guys, don't you get it? What really matters? What is the most important thing in your life? This has been on my mind all week. What is the most important thing in your life? 
in this season of your life, right now it's preaching. This is it. When I finish this sermon, I'm going to eat some breakfast. That'll be the most important thing right then. Grits. Then I'll preach it one more time, and then it'll be another season. You know what I'll do then? Go home and take off this suit. And the most important thing in the world will be to hang out with Diane the rest of the day. I may go to the beach. <laughs> How'd you get to the beach from this sermon, Pastor Rick? What'd you do? I switched seasons. All, all day you do that. All your life you do that. And if you can learn to in this season, remember, what is the most important thing in your life? And here's a question for you. Ready? Go back in your life, and, and can, you, can you just for a minute admit something? Just, just a little bit. You got off. You can think of a season when you probably were off for mm, six months. Six months confessionals. Raise your hand. Come on. You're off for six months. Okay, we're going to pray again. Let's try this again. <laughs> You don't quite get me, right? You're trying to fit for you. You think, I'm not setting you up. I'm not setting you up. I know some of you go, oh, I'll trust you, Pastor. You're tricky. You know, you can kind of get us. I, let me just, I've been off. I can look back at a season in my life and say for at least a year I was off in a particular area of my life. Raise your hand. Good. See, you're with me. We're together, okay? Maybe uh, two years. <laughs> for two years, you were really off academically or off in your attitude or off in your response or off in a relationship you should have never been in. Off in a relationship you should have never been in. One more time. Off in a relationship you should have never, ever been in. You should have run, right? Need to play my run video maybe, right? <laughs> Two years. Let me see you raise your hand. Come on. You were off in some area of focus for more than one year. Raise your hand. Come on. When you look back, you see it. See what I'm saying to you? You can say, yeah, but, but what happened? Because I wasn't really clear about what was the most important thing in my life at this time. You go to the mall, you want to buy stuff, right? You want to buy, you want to buy, you want to buy, you want to spend, you want to spend, you want to spend. And at that moment, when you see that outfit, it is the most important thing. Till you get home when your light bills do. And you're using a flashlight. <laughs> then you realize that was not the most important thing. In my life, college kids, kids in high school, junior high and middle school, do not have a clue that this is the most important academic season of your life. This is absolutely the most important season of your life. The learning how to read, the fundamentals of reading in the early days of education, which should start at what age, teachers? When should you start teaching your kids to read? When? Pre-K, right? You need to get them early. And if you, don't, if you don't learn to read, if you don't learn to read, you're going to be at a disadvantage in, 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 in ways that you can't imagine. And you have no clue. Parents can get off and you're trying to buy them tennis shoes. You're trying to get them fancy stuff. But if they can't read, you have to understand. They're, they're, it's amazing, people. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's amazing. You can't blame people. There's something and all. Some people forget the most important thing in my life. No, I'm telling you, one of the most important decisions I ever made was to go to school. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, God. I mean, I could have not gone. I really, I really could have not gone. But I'm telling you, 
And I don't care if you study, you know, Batman. I mean, just go get a bachelor's degree in Batman. Get something. I mean, maybe not Batman, but you get the point. You know, you, 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 if you, trade school, um, uh, read a book, do something. Something. Just do something. Just do something. Something to, to broaden your brain. It, it opens doors and opens opportunities. And there's, there's something about being clear. At that season of opportunity, it is the most important thing you will ever, ever do in that season. Now, Jesus, I love this, on the mule riding in, was so focused on what was important. And even though it was a distracting atmosphere around him, I want you to notice he was focused on the long view. Jesus, in an atmosphere that was so distracting because he knew these people and he knew their heart and knew someone to kill Lazarus and someone to kill him, and so, even though they had the palm branches, they were like, <laughs> you know, they, someone's thinking, you're going to deliver us from the Romans, right? And he's thinking, not really. He didn't get off the mule. He kept riding. And he thought about the long view. Say it with me, please. Come on. It was the long view. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is coming, has come, and the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain, a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Jesus understood something. He understood, you know what? I've got to, um, I've got to get, a, I've got to get a broader view here. I can't get off this. I can't get off this mule. I can't. I. I can't. I can't think the way they think. I can't be distracted. And that's why I use the term what Jesus was focused on in this distracted atmosphere. A lot of you are distracted. You get off the mule, walk over to somebody with the palm branches and say, you offended me. I know you got those branches, but your heart is not, it's not with me. That's what some of us are tempted to do all the time. I like the fact that he kept writing. Have you been getting off and on the mule? Have you been trying to make up with somebody that you just can't make up with? Have you allowed them to get you so caught up in the current moment that you don't see the long view? I've done that. Oh, yes, I've done that. And you spend so much time trying to say, can I talk to you? You know, you offended me, and I just want to talk to you about it. So we talk, you know, and then I go away, and I think we're we okay. Then five minutes later, you call me back. Five days later, I'm still offended. So we go back, and we talk about it again. We work over it again, right? <laughs> get back off the mule, right? <laughs> and I'm talking to you again. Then I, we make up, I get back on the mule, and I'm riding, you see? And then I get back off again, and I spend my whole life, I spend years, Years. I see siblings do this all the time. You know, years. Mad about grandmama's chair that you took. That nobody sits in. Frustrated about stuff that you can't go back and change. There comes a moment in your life when you need to get on the mule and ride. You cannot. I like this moment, and I see Jesus riding through a bunch of people who really don't mean him any good. In a few days, they're going to kill him. This is not his fan club. This is a guy who understood 
I cannot allow this to become my full-time distraction. And if you want to know what's hurt you the most, you don't know what's important in this season of your life. You are distracted. You love your children, but you cannot, listen to me, you cannot allow yourself to forget. Can you say something that's hard to say? Say, I have a life. And I have a purpose. You're off the mule, and you're on the mule, and you're off the mule, and you're on the mule, and you're trying to make up with this one, and you're trying to fix that one, and you're owning everybody's life. And I'm not saying to say become selfish. I'm just simply saying there is a bigger purpose. There's a long view. He says, listen, Jesus says, here's, here's the long view. I am a grain of seed, seed that has to be sown in the soil. He's a farmer, and he gets it, and everybody who hears him gets it because everything they had, they had to grow. And he understood the process of sacrifice. It's not easy, not simple. It's not going to happen overnight. I must be taken and planted in the soil. There must be something sown. And he's on that mule, and he's focused on that long view. And he is not going to be deterred. He is not going to be stopped. He is not going to let the praises of people who really don't mean him much good, who can't really help him. He's focused on the mission. Brings me to the last point I want you to see. This is amazing. I love this one. I love this. This is good. This is good stuff, people. Listen, listen to what he said. He was focused on his life mission. I came for this reason. <clears throat> Can I go back? I'm sorry. Go back to verse 23. I want to read this. I want to read the whole thing. I want to make sure you get it. Pick up at verse 24. Most surely I say to you, <coughs> excuse me, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. If I don't, if I don't make this sacrifice, if I don't get focused and stay focused, Nothing's going to happen. I'll remain alone. But if, I, if it dies, it produces much grain. Verse 25, he who loves his life, man, he will lose it. He who hates his life, that's hyperbole. Say it with me, please. Come on. Exaggeration to make a point. I feel like I'm going to die. You said that before, right? That's what, that's what, it's hyperbole. He said, unless you hate your life in this world, he who hates his life in this world, We'll keep it for eternal life. If I, can, if I can make the sacrifice now, things can happen. If anyone serves me, let him follow me where I am. There my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, let him uh, serves me. Him my father will honor. Long view. If I try to save myself, I'll lose in the long term. Short-term thinking. Forgot what really matters long term. Every ninth grader who drops out of school. Every ninth grader who drops out of school, walk around the mall in some tennis shoes your mama bought you. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Boy, what's wrong? Come on, man, talk to me. The long view. Think beyond the day. Sow the seed in the soil and watch your life change. Now, that's what he says, and he focuses on his life mission. I love this, verse 27, as I close out. Here's what he said. This is important. He said, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour for the pur this purpose. For this purpose, I came into the world. This is my job. I came, I came to die. And I'm not going to let these guys distract me from my purpose. You know, if you're a mama... And your children are giving you a trouble? That's your, part of your title. 
I'm a father. You know how I know that? I have to unload the, the car. <laughs> they go in the hotel room. I drag it in. I'm the dad. That's why they're all gone. That's what I used to say. They're all gone because I, I got the title. I get the, lug, the luggage. No, they help me. Sometimes. Most of the time. But there are times when I know it's dad's deal. If the cars break, it's definitely a dad moment. <clears throat> it's my car now until it's fixed. Then it's their car again. <laughs> they're, they're, they're certain that the lawn is definitely not her thing. If I don't negotiate <laughs> that, that process, believe me, she ain't calling. It's all on me. I get that. And there's a certain thing that come with being a dad. And so the next time your kids get on your nerves, say, it's part of my job description. For this purpose, I was born into the world. You got to, you know, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is the truth. I mean, I'm the pastor. For this purpose, I was born into the world. If something goes wrong around here, they don't call anybody on staff. They don't call anybody. They call me. They don't ask for anybody. Let me explain this to you. If, if, if I, and I'm making this up because we don't have these problems. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just, this is an illustration. But if, if the mortgage wasn't paid, they're not going to call you. They're going to say, what's his name? Ricky Temple. I can tell you who at the bank will call me. We have a few banking relationships, and they'll call and say, Pastor um, Temple, we've noticed uh, that your payment uh, has uh, not been paid, and uh, we'd like to come by and talk in fellowship. <laughs> it won't be fellowship either. It'll be <laughs> negotiating. <laughs> we looked at you, and they expect me to know the financials. They expect I know the, the profit loss, the cash flow, the balance sheet. They expect that I know. They expect that. They, they'll call and ask for me because that's for this purpose. I was called pastor. You understand? That's my job description. I can't run from that. That's my job. If, if the IRS, and I rebuke this in Jesus' name, praise God, but if those people ever had an issue, and I know some churches that do have issues with those people, trust me, and I don't want any issues with those people. Thank you, Jesus. But if you do, I promise you, they'll call for one name. We want to see the guy at the top, the CFO, the top of that cheap record temple. That's him right there. Call him down to the office. And I no churches, they don't go call you to the office. They come to your office. I had a friend, they came to his office. Amen. And fellowship with him. <laughs> Said mean things. I understand he had to get some things straight. I'm not blaming the RAS. I'm just making a point. See, for this purpose, I was given the title. Lift your hand with me and declare. Come on, people, join me. Lift your hands. Say, for this purpose, for this purpose I was called into the world. You were, you were calling to the world to chase those two-year-olds. Ah, for this purpose, you were calling to the world. This is your season, your moment. And at this moment, it is the most important thing in your life. And somebody, let me tell you, you people ought to give God a big hand clap. Come on, give, am I right about it? This is why you're here. This is why you're here. I can't help but somebody, their hands stayed up. Even when I was finished, they still were like this. Yes, God. For this purpose, for this purpose, God, this is why I'm here. For this purpose. Here's a question. And I know this always comes up when I, when I say something like this, and I close with this final thought. How do I know what is my life mission and purpose? You know, this is where we get deep, you know. We, 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 
Oh, what is my purpose? And people start waiting for God to give them some word. Thus saith the Lord, thou art called to be apostle and prophet and super Christian. I don't know what they want to hear, but, but here's, here's the deal. You ready? If you are, <clears throat> if you are a maintenance man for this purpose, it's the purpose you're in right now. No, pastor, no, not this. This is not big enough. No, no, this is where you start. It's where you start for this purpose. Start with what you're doing. View that as the beginning of your purpose and grow to the next level of purpose. He's on the donkey. He's riding. Clear about his purpose. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to help you to see the next level of purpose. I want you to look at this man riding, Jesus riding on this mule, I want you to notice the first thing he did. He ignored but was aware of the attitudes and atmospheres around him. How do you know what your purpose is? The first thing you got to do is ignore but be aware of the attitudes and atmospheres around you. I'm impressed that he, while riding with a sense of purpose, was aware <coughs> excuse me, of what was going on around him. If you're headed to your purpose, you don't want to be, this is my, I, I probably shouldn't say it. Oh, God, help me. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Ricky Temple, be careful. Say, say it. You didn't help me. Come on, say it. I didn't, you helped me out. Now say it. Come on. Remember, you told me to say it. Now remember. I need not be. I'm gonna fix it a little bit. <laughs> I always say the dumbest one in the room. I, that's how I normally say it. I don't want to be the dumb. I might be dumb, but not the dumbest one. In this room, I might be dumb, but I want to be the dumbest one. I don't want to be the one that everybody, I'm the only one that doesn't really know the truth. Jesus is riding on a donkey, and he's dealing with people, and he's aware. Don't ever be unaware. He said he's in tune, man. He's not, you know, if you want to know what your purpose is in life, the first thing is you got to get in tune. You got to come to reality. <clears throat> and you got to have people in your life who help you do that. He's aware. So if you want to find your purpose, you got to ignore, but be aware of the attitudes and atmospheres around you. He did both of those. He ignored them, but he knew who they were. He kept riding. He was very clear. And then, watch this now, and focus on the what? Long view. It's right there in your notes. I gave it to you. It's free. Focus on the long view. I'm aware that these people on my job are not going to help me. You understand? I understand. <laughs> I understand. They're not going to give me but so much money. I'm clear. They, you know, there's only so much devotion. I'm really clear about all that. I, they really would stone me if they could. I understand that too. Okay. But I got to go to work. I got to make this work. We got to be okay. Let's keep riding on the donkey. Let's not get off and try to fix this and fix that. Let's keep riding. Stop all this stopping. I, did I offend you? 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 And there's all this. Keep riding because you can't change their minds. He's aware of who they are. He's clear about his mission. He can't change the Pharisees. He can't change the Sadducees. He can't win the Republicans. He can't get the. He says, I'm riding to the cross. I've got to sow this seed. I can't get distracted. I can't stop. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You can't stop. You get off too much. You're never going to get to your purpose. You got to be aware. And so you got to ride and then think about the long view. And here's what you got to say. This is important. This is important. He says, ask yourself these questions. 
What do you see? Want to know what your purpose is? Look around you. Ask yourself, what do you see that needs help? Jesus looked around him and said, these are lost people. These are church-going people, but they're lost. What practical help can you offer to save those who can't see? What can I practically do? He understood the only thing I can do is sow myself. All I can do is take my, I can't look, I can't change them. God has to change them. I got to keep going in this direction. This is my focus. Then ask yourself, where can I be sown and die to bring life? You know where I can be sown? Right here. You know how I knew it's my purpose? I looked around me. It's amazing, Jesus. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be someplace else. I thought I was supposed to be in another city. But God said, no, 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 no. I want you to take your life, Temple. I want you to sow it in the soil of Savannah. I want you to take your time. I want you to take your gift. I want you to take your knowledge. I want you to take all you have. And I want you to take everything you have and bury it, bury it in Savannah. Take your life and your soul and bury it in the soil of need that you see. Right. If you want to make a difference in the world, bury yourself, sow yourself in the soil of the need around you. Find a need and give yourself to it and say, I sow myself, I give myself to this in the name of Jesus, and you will find purpose. God will give you value. Come on, say amen if you're hearing me, church. Something amazing happened when he was riding on that mule. Nothing, nothing, nothing stopped him. The praises, the criticisms, the threats, the fear, the intimidation, nothing stopped him because he saw the long view. Do you see? Do you really see? Think with me. Do you see? Do you really see? You don't have the time to be this angry. You don't have time to be this distracted. You don't have time. You, you know, what, what, what is, remember the big question? Remember? Remember? What is the most important thing in your life right now? Right now. Remember the big question, the second question on the page? Remember? Are you focused on the one thing that really matters at this season of your life? Your health matters. Why are you worried about this other stuff? Your health matters. You're dying. Pause. Think about it. Look at what's happening to you. Everything's hurting. Everything, you know, everything starts going down. You got to pause. Stop it for a second. What's the most important thing in your life? I had a moment the other day. It was hilarious. I was in line ordering some food. And, you know, sometimes you forget what season you're in. You know, you, you, you get confused. I was ordering some food. What was I ordering? food. I was with my daughter, who's always amazing, and my wife, who's always amazing. Together, they're amazing, amazing. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so we're in line, and we're ordering at this restaurant, and um, I've never been to this restaurant before, and they asked, do you have um, a, a senior? You, is anyone a senior? That's what they asked. Is anybody a senior? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I've always said, no. <laughs> so Christina says, oh, yes, you are. I thought, who asked you? So the lady said in there, right? And so Christina, this college graduate, said, what is the age of the seniors? And the lady said, 55. Well, I'm 56, 57 next month. So she looks at me like, ha, 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 get the discount. 
my first senior discount. Amazing. Amazing. Why are, you, why are you clapping? What is this? What's going on here? What's happening? You're happy, too happy, okay? You're too happy, Mr. Ricky, over there. I see you smiling too much. It's all good. I understand. I'm not ashamed of my age, but it was, it was the moment when I thought, do you know what season you're in? Do you know? You are at a season when you cannot afford, as I close, to worry about this. You cannot worry about this. You cannot think those thoughts anymore. You cannot be that depressed. You cannot spend your money or your life this way. You cannot be up depressed over this that long. This is not the most important thing in your life. That is. Get on your mule and ride toward that. Bow your heads with me. Father, today, what is the most important thing in our life? Today, what is the most important thing in our life? Today, I look back, I can see more clearly than ever that I thought a car was the most important thing and I look back and go, it was not. Some of us are so dominated by things, issues that are not that important. Touch us today. Thank God for Jesus who got on the mule who understood the most important thing is that I saved them. He had you and I in his mind on that mule that day, ignoring the world around him, heading to a life, a week of challenge, like a parent does, getting up, heading to work they have to provide for their families. Jesus looked at us and he saw the long view and he said, I must go this way because of who I am. This, for this purpose, I was born in the world. Father, help us embrace our purpose without murmuring, without complaining. Help us embrace you. Embrace your example. Help us, Lord God. Realize what season we're in. There are people that are trying so hard to do it right. They're lost. And they, they can see themselves getting off the mule and off, back on the mule and trying to make things right with people they can't make it right with and trying to relive seasons they can't relive. And that's not important. It's not important in this season of our life to dwell on what we didn't do right, to spend hours and hours with regrets. It's, it's, it's where we get up and we go forward. I want you to look at me for a second. I want to tell you something. I, um, I had a Q&A in, in a prison I spoke in the other day. And in this prison, um, there were guys who had um, done horrible things, murder, um, sexual abuse, robbery, 
on and on. And for 45 minutes or so, they had, they, and I mentioned this the other day to you, they, they asked me questions. That's part of the tour I'm on right now. I'm really honored the Department of Corrections has asked me to do this, to travel around the prisons and talk about choices. I do two or four prisons next month, but when one of the guys got up and he said, um, Pastor, can I just ask you, um, how, do I, um, how do I go back? How do I, uh, how do I go back? I, I mean, I mean, do the people I've wronged? And 97% um, of them come back, you know, they get out. Said, um, and you can hear all the guys, several hundred guys. Like, yeah, yeah, they were all like, you know, it's a good question, man, good question. And he had this kind of broken face and this kind of a brokenness. And, and I said, I'm going to surprise you. You can't start with the people you hurt. You got to start with yourself. If I can take this analogy, please get on the mule, sir. Focus on the things you control. The most important thing in your life now is you getting your life right with God. You getting your mind right. You getting your heart focused. And you going forward. You can't go back and change what you did. It is unchangeable. Have you ever done stuff that's unchangeable? And God's greatest challenge for some of you is getting you on this mule. Get on, get on and ride. Get on and ride. Just keep going. He looked at me and, thank you. Thank you. Man, some of you cannot forgive yourself. But today, this week, you're going to be delivered. How about an amen? Come on, you're going to be delivered. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor, after hearing today's message, I, I do get it. I need to start a walk with God. I need, to, I need to come to Jesus like I am. Broken, confused.